Hello, welcome. I'm James Adam. This here with me is Joe Mitchell. Hello, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready for some uh, social chat. Social James, chat. Yeah, not social not chat. social chat. We're not just going to chat about what we're doing at the weekend. Lord, or, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. We're going to talk about social me social media chat. Social media. Mm. All of that stuff. We get deep deep into your predictions for the coming year. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> see if those come true. See if they come true. Get, get, it's cold. Yeah. It's very cold today. I'm wearing a cardigan today. It's not really. I don't, is mm. this a cardigan? I don't really know what the definition of a cardigan is. It's a, it's a very woolly. I think it's a nice it's a winter, winter number, James. Mm. It's chilly. It is yeah. cold. I've got a coffee. Um, so, yeah. Um, nice. What I'm trying to do here is a yeah. little bit of a just sort of warm up, a bit of, a bit of uh, chit chat. A little bit of to start with. Jibber jabber. Right. But I don't know what else to talk about. No, that's the like problem with the 30 seconds of just general... It's problem with filming so early in the morning, isn't it? We're general chat, not bit. full of energy. Yeah. Not as full of energy. It's not quite there yet, but... Anyway. Well, not to worry. Anyway, this is What The Fox, the Cunning Plan podcast, where we talk about all kinds of different things to do with marketing, um, ramble on for a little while uh, about all manner of different subjects. And today, we are talking about social media. Uh, we're talking about... Uh, what went wrong last year, mm. what went right, and what we think is going to happen this year, and what we think that uh, the brands and businesses and clients need to be thinking about uh, as they go into 2019 to make sure that they have a fabulous and successful social year. Absolutely. So, Joe, first of all, let's talk about 2018. Uh, how did that go? Let's, Everyone let's. happy with 2018? Great results? I think it was one of the first times that I think the social media world had a real backwards step, to be honest. I think with the infamous Cambridge Analytica scandal, uh, Mark Zuckerberg getting hauled in front of Congress over in the States and then not appearing in front of the EU panel a few months ago, it was all very much in the, uh, in the cold light of day, a little bit embarrassing for a lot of the social companies with the privacy leaks. So for those, yeah, so for those that don't yeah. know, you know about the Cambridge Analytica stuff what what happened I mean it was essentially everyone's well not everyone's personal data but a company was purely set up to game the system really of social and use people's data and manipulate the algorithms to ensure that people would vote a certain way would see certain messaging that would potentially change how people would vote in certain elections uh, by using people's personal data that they weren't aware was publicly accessible for just any old company to go in and, and harvest and certainly it came to prominence over here with Brexit I think a lot of people were seeing posts that they wouldn't normally see or were being sort of filtered certain angles of the Brexit votes uh, in a particular manner and it all came out in 2018 towards the end of 2017 2018 and it was a little bit embarrassing especially for Facebook where it was primarily happening but you know, it's the same on Twitter and obviously Instagram's now owned by Facebook, so they obviously were part of it as well. And it was the whole issue that this, these networks we were using to put pictures up, to share stories with what we thought were people we had added, our friends and, and family, were actually available to bigger companies with a slightly darker sort of uh, remit for what they were using that data for. So it was certainly a, a fairly um, tricky period for as I said, especially Facebook, but for all the social media platforms, because it really uh, harmed how people sort of viewed these platforms. It's not the innocent, let's have a fun time, sort of 
free well, to use. It was the closed nature of Facebook. I think that was kind of mm. it was almost the the sanctity of that was a little. You're on Twitter. You it's kind of you know you're talking to you're talking publicly. You, you accept even it. Instagram yeah. same. You're you're talking. You're you're posting publicly generally. Whereas Facebook was like, this is me and my friends. This is a group mm. of people that I know about. Um, and I think everyone knew they were looking at your like your profile and using that for advertising and stuff like that. But I think it was this idea that actually there was more than that that was that was available to other people. Exactly. You know, the data was being pulled out of Facebook. That was the other problem. It was being pulled out of Facebook and used externally, which was mm. another issue. So. All in all, not a great year, 2018. Great, yeah. um, I think there was a study conducted towards the end of the year that showed that actually it's around 60% of people now do not trust social networks, which is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty that's, like that's a pretty big, a pretty big stat, isn't it? It's a bit, it's a big swing. So um, I, there's a lot to be done in 2019. And I think that will influence how the trends are going for 2019, um, with a lot of sort of. You know, getting people to feel more trustworthy again, mm. in, in and that was a big. Like we, we saw a lot of that at the back end of last year. There was a lot of mm. tube advertising for Facebook, and they did. A, they were doing a, a heck of a lot of work to try and yeah. pull back on that and talk about how you know tr- talk about their trust and talk about how safe it is and it all this was, kind of stuff. It was incredibly <laughs> transparent. <laughs> but it was but, the, you know, yeah, the like, cynical minds. Uh, such as mine. Um, I won't speak for you, James, but certainly uh, it was pretty transparent. It was very happy families, friends gathering for dinners, yes. and isn't it great when you can share all these moments? And don't worry, your data's not going anywhere. There's like a little family photograph of all these people having a nice yeah. time, and Putin just in the background going, oh, making notes. <laughs> just laughing. Just making notes of what Quietly. you're up to. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, exactly. It was Trump on the other side going, <laughs> <laughs> carving the turkey. Exactly. Just ready for another term in office. It was just. Yeah, I mean, you know, they had to do that, and you can understand why, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of work still to be done. Mm. Mm. And do you think that affected the other networks as much as Facebook? Because Facebook was the big, that was the big story, wasn't it? I think, inevitably, with Facebook being the biggest and the sort of behemoth of social, what happens to Facebook will inevitably trickle down and affect the other platforms. And as I said, with Instagram being owned by uh, Facebook, that means that they are influenced by what the users of Facebook are doing because you can post directly from Instagram to Facebook and you can run advertising on, on from Facebook manager to to Instagram so on that on that on that regard there's a lot of cr- cross sort of platform use there and I'm sure a lot of users would have been aware of maybe taking away their Facebook platform from Instagram etc and with Twitter again I mean the Twitter is is a platform that is a mixture of opinions and a lot of a lot of you know, angry people out there on Twitter, but also a lot of people suffering a lot of, you know, you put an opinion out there on Twitter and the aggression that would sometimes be met with people just putting opinions out there was something that in 2018 was really focused on. I think with people, again, to not harp on about the Brexit vote, but it has obviously, it was born from Cambridge Analytica, but also people putting opinions out there and suddenly Brexiteers, Remainers, Leavers, jumping on people so aggressively. Twitter had this issue of the bullying I think they had to approach in 2018 and they didn't, I don't think, focus on it fully, but I know it's something they are looking at in 2019. Um, so I think every network in its own way suffered from from what happened to Facebook in terms of the trust people felt, whether that's on Twitter, feeling people were getting bullied and not being listened to by Twitter, so they would just get bullied and nothing would happen, and whether it was on Facebook, sharing pictures on your newsfeed and not quite sure who was 
seeing those pictures and who mm-hmm. was seeing your opinions. So I think everyone inevitably will, will, will suffer from the trickle-down effect. So all in all, not a great year for social media last year as a, as a whole. So what we're doing this year, you know, what are, what are the social networks going to do to try and pull it back? But, but ultimately, what are brands going to do mm. to, uh, you know, to be able to talk to people and to try and get to people in, that, uh, in the social space? Definitely, I think you've got to look, I think, primarily at the increase of personalization. I think we see it quite a lot in email marketing. It's been around for a, for a long time, and, and it has been around in social for certainly a, a couple of years, but not been pushed as a sort of primary goal for, for advertising for brands and as a primary sort of goal for the social networks in terms of their users. But I think inevitably after last year, that is, that is certainly the big trend I think that's going to that's gonna amp up in uh, 2019 I think it's you've got you'd be a, the ability to obviously run Facebook advertising through messenger um, I think people for brands to regain that trust um, with brands they're gonna have to push their content through messenger if they want to really especially for sales if they really want to talk to their customers on a more intimate level and have a, a better relationship rather than just throwing ads out a messenger ad you can obviously personalize it a hell of a lot better but it gives you that sort of one-to-one platform with a mm. brand where the brands are, are looking less to be so much of a sort of big brand, cool content, isn't this fun, more of a brand that speaks to you one-to-one. Mm. And so that's what you were saying before about when, if, if people are disenfranchised with the big social networks, they're moving mm. into those private WhatsApps and even though Facebook is, is Facebook's Facebook, but still people seem happier in Facebook Messenger than they do in the Facebook timeline. It's sort of, you know, yeah. Uh, if he's got your data, he's got your data. <laughs> but, I was going to say, it's... Same place. Same with people think, oh, Instagram's all right, but Facebook's no good. It's all it's, it's all, all going, the same thing. All ends up in the same place. Exactly. Um, but nevertheless, um, it does seem like the, the people are happier there. But yeah. just going back to the first your first point, the, the personalisation. Mm. When we talk about personalisation, I think, <clears throat> you know, previously we were talking about you know, dear Joe on an email or something like that. Yes. But yeah. When you say personalization with social media, obviously they do, all that information is there and available to you. So what, what sort of thing are brands going to be doing to so personalize stuff? I think in regards to how a brand could approach personalization on, on social would be, I think at the advanced level, be the, the infamous chatbot. Now that doesn't sound as toxic as it, sh- as it, well, as it does a chatbot. I think people are normally associated with sort of, annoying things on Twitter that just keep hounding you but in reality you can now create a specific uh, sort of bot that will guide your potential user through a conversation that will then personalize how they answer and the questions that you then ask so if you're a clothing brand it's you know hey you know are you interested in menswear women's wear and it's menswear you know do you want to look at you know, smart casual, do you want to look at streetwear, you know, what, and you can guide someone through a much more personal experience with your brand through social, and then by the end of it, at the end of that process, you've got a customer where you know actually quite a lot about what they want, and then you can then do retargeting, you can do localized ads, you can do loads of stuff like that, that can then be more specific to that user and what they see, rather than just throwing general ads out there and hoping that a few people might, might latch onto the back of it. So I think so it's less more, it's less dear Joe and more 
I'm showing Joe things that I know Joe wants. I'm showing Joe Absolutely. things that you know that he's interested in. But but again, more, even more advanced than just here's mm. an advert based on things that you already like. It's it's about where you are in the buying journey. If I know you're thinking yeah. of making a holiday, I know where you are in that process. I can start with holidays, then I could move on to you know flights and accommodation and you know That's restaurants you in can, the country yeah. that I know you're going to, and start really really drilling that stuff down. Get to know your customer a lot better, I think, especially through the chatbots. But I think there's on a on a broader level, if you're not so confident in in going down the route of a chatbot, if you want to try and just sort of dip your toe in, as it were, I think Instagram is a great place to try out. The personalized hashtag I think it's something you can also do on Twitter but on Instagram a lot of brands trying out their own hashtags obviously Nike will have just do it and, and hashtags of that of that type and by using that if people are using your brand if they are doing something your brand encourages so I know Herschel will encourage people to go outdoors um, you then use their hashtag and you use you know that's a great way to get user generated content but it's also a great way to see what your user base are doing and what products they are using and then from that you can then slowly start to personalize the content that you are pushing to those audiences for instance mm. so even something simple as just if you are a brand and you haven't thought of a personalized hashtag for instance and you're interested in trying to develop an audience that use it and obviously you use it in all your own posts hopefully after a while of using that hashtag in your own post people might start to if they know you might use their content on the feed and if you if they know they might see well, they might not know they might see better advertisements, but they know they might have a better relationship with the brand through a more personalized hashtag. You can then search that after a month or two of using it and see exactly who's using it, what the conversation is, mm. and you start replying to those people and having a more, again, a more intimate relationship with your user base and therefore a more personalized relationship with them as well. Okay, so personalization. Um, and you were talking before Messenger, obviously, that's a, you know, working with the Messenger uh, apps yeah. and things like that. Tell me a bit more about how, again, how how can brands get involved in doing stuff more on Messenger? So Messenger is an interesting one. I think it's it's certainly one that for, for Facebook users, I think everyone, I think the stat is one out of four pages now use Facebook advertising. So I think it is safe to assume that most brands, if not all, have a Facebook page and will be using Facebook Messenger. Will they be using advertising on Facebook Messenger? Who knows? But the best way to do it is to set up your page to make sure you can receive Messenger inbox notifications. But secondly, to look into setting up just general Facebook Messenger ads. You can set up any kind of campaign, um, but target it towards a Facebook Messenger. And it could just be a general campaign, and you can tick Facebook Messenger, and you can see what kind of responses you get back. You'll get a lot of customers saying, hey, I'd like to find out more about this. Uh, hey, I don't want to see this. And then even from that, even from that, without using a chatbot, you can still then start to diversify your your user base, your customer base, and that still, even if it's someone saying, oh, I don't want to see this, you can then respond saying, well, what would you like to see? Because you follow mm. us for a reason, so there's got to be a reason why that person is using Facebook Messenger. And I think that relationship brands will be having now in 2019 on Messenger is really important. I think it's time, and it's certainly seeing in the trends that Facebook are encouraging it, let's use Messenger, let's get a more personal relationship on there, let's try and build the trust again. It's all about building trust in 2019. I think Messenger is where people feel more secure because it's more private, it's not mm -hmm. an open conversation, it's somewhere where someone can comment about what you've said. It's just you and the brand, 
and you get a more personal response to exactly what you're asking. Yeah, and I think that's you know it's true of not you know of, of non-social media subjects as well. That mm. people are moving away from big brands, moving towards wanting that more intimate experience, wanting a direct connection to independent retailers doing better and those kind of things. Exactly. And I know you know from experience, back end of last year, I was looking at some products or something like that on you know on a uh, Facebook page. Up pops a you know chat message from a yeah. human that was. You know, in this instance, it was actually the person that was behind the brand that I was looking at. Direct conversation with them, talking about whether what can we do. You know, any you know any reservations? How can we answer those reservations? Okay, great, and you know, and ultimately a purchase made on the back of that. Exactly. And that's just that, you know, that extra layer. Now I don't know if that was really that person. If it was or not. If there's you know. A call center of thirty people doing the same <laughs> yeah. thing. It doesn't, yeah. and frankly, it doesn't really matter because they were able to then answer those questions specifically, quickly, mm. and efficiently. Instead of me having to search for the answers, you know, look through the website, trying to do my own research and everything like that. Exactly. And I think that's you know, that's true, truer now than ever that people just don't they don't have the time or the inclination to do a lot of that research themselves. They really just kind of want to ask the question and say, "Tell me the answer." And then I'll you know I'll buy or I won't depending on the on the results. Exactly, I think people are a lot more, just a lot more savvy. I think generally, I think you put an ad out on someone's newsfeed, they might click on it if it stands out. And obviously, if it's you know really high in production, obviously it is going to get good engagement. But is it going to lead to sales? Is it going to lead to you know getting the right customers on your brand? Mm. Potentially, potentially not. Potentially. Yeah. Um, but I think with messengers and, and having that conversation, I think customers, as I said, more savvy. They know what they want to ask. They know what the end result is. If they can talk to someone directly and quickly. Yeah, well, it's a great conversion. That's the that's, that's the it, trick, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, you get the people in with the ad, but then if you really want to convert them, then the message is the place. That's exactly it. Yeah, okay. definitely. So personalization, messenger. Where next? What next? <laughs> uh, I think stories. I okay. think stories. So this. This was born way back when on on Snapchat, I, I would say, because people can could update you know their daily sort of little news feed with a little story. Yeah. Stories are not new. We've been talking no. about stories for two years, probably, haven't we? I think exactly. No, it was born years ago on Snapchat, but then Instagram saw it and thought we could do this. And they not. they took it on, and and obviously Facebook brought it in recently, and and they've they've struggled to get the user base behind it, but they've got it, and you know if Facebook have got it, they're going to put a lot of time and effort into making it work and be successful and that's absolutely the case in 2019 stories are going to be the big way of posting your regular content I think especially on Instagram and especially knowing the way Facebook operate on Facebook I think with the lack of trust Facebook have got and they've got to turn that around pushing that story uh, mode and uh, program is going to be the be all and end all for them because for people to to share these stories and know they are a secure way of sharing a newsfeed post, but not necessarily with the entire world, is something Facebook want to will want to maximise to build their trust. But what Instagram showed last year, and what the stats are showing, is that stories grew a hell of a lot faster than newsfeed sharing. Right, and that's huge because normally you put a post up, put it on the newsfeed, and there it goes. And that's certainly what brands were doing, and that's certainly how advertising was working. But at the current rate, everyone is expecting stories not only to surpass the newsfeed sharing, but also to become the, the main source of sharing content. And we all know Instagram stories are now almost the most popular way for people mm. to share their updates. They don't necessarily post the regular photos unless it's something massive. If it's a day-to-day thing, it's an Instagram story. And for brands, 
you can now you can get so so detailed with it. You can do if you have a catalogue of, of products, you put that you can put that onto Facebook. You can then share that through Instagram, and you can tag products to your Instagram stories, and therefore people can click on it and go straight through to the checkout. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And there's also something like more authentic about a story mm-hmm. as well. I think, isn't it? It feels like I know you can record it and then put it up and everything like that. Obviously, with Snapchat originally, you couldn't do that. But yeah, and I think that that kind of thing says we're really here. This is really happening. This is happening today, not you know two weeks ago. It hasn't been. You know, this image hasn't been processed. It hasn't been heavily filtered. It, you know, it's kind of is it the this real is, thing? This yeah. is real, um, exactly. And uh, and again, I think in this this age of authenticity and all that kind of stuff, mm. that that's becoming increasingly important to consumers. It's all about yeah. It's all about you know taking away the sort of uh, the film over the top of it, as mm. it were. I think it, it for for marketing teams, it's going to allow them to do a lot more experimentation and not feel that they need to produce. A highly polished product all the time and I think users as you said want to see they just want to see the sort of behind the scenes almost there's a lot more fascination behind what actually is happening behind the camera rather than seeing that perfect TV advert um, so it gives the, the marketing teams a lot more sort of ability to try new things out because a story will last as long as you want it to last it doesn't have to be up forever but it, it, that experimentation will then lead brands to just being a bit more honest with what they're showing you. It's less polished. It's a bit more fun, but also it's a bit more intimate. Again, we keep talking about brands wanting to be a bit closer, a bit more intimate with their users, and that's another great way of doing it. An Instagram story is just off the cuff. Here it is. Here's where we are. Here's what's going on. It's not something that's been heavily produced, heavily watered down, or photoshopped, anything like that. It is just a sort of no holds barred look at the products the office whatever you wish to show I think there's no harm in, in doing it and trying it out if you haven't done so already mm. okay so personalization messenger stories so I've left the best or last best well certainly last. my personal favorite okay which is and it isn't the birth of the micro influencer but I think it is the the sort of the growth of the micro influencer I think the last couple of years everyone's been banging on about influencer marketing yeah huge influencers all these YouTubers all the Instagrammers with huge followings you know getting paid silly money just to take a picture yeah. on a beach and we were talking about this uh, you know, yeah. we were talking about Kate last week and, and this idea that how can the world support all of these people exactly exactly there's just too many of them and it's not and it's you know and to start on the sort of the negative side on that influencer marketing you know Twitter went through last year and I think the year before and they, they were taking out all the bots and all the fake users and all that. And you saw someone like Ashton Kutcher, who was one of the original big Twitter users. He lost, I think, almost a million users just overnight because Twitter just did this cull of, of, of fake users. So there's a lot more, um, I say cynicism, but there's a lot more wariness around mm. big influencers, the guys in the millions. Are those users real? Are they going to really bring me the right stats in? Because I think they've got the great numbers but there's not a lot of support on whether those users are real. Whereas with a micro-influencer, again, it's about that trust. A micro-influencer is maybe 10,000 followers, but they've got great engagement. Mm. They're a lot more honest because they are only 10,000 followers. They've not got a huge, they can't compete with the big influencers, so they're gonna be more honest about your products. They're gonna give you better engagement. And I think also, you're talking about micro-influencers, that sounds like 
you know, a couple of hundred people. We're still talking about people with ten thousand followers here. These are that's it. Yeah. These are these are decent influencers, and I know that's something that we always do, which is to look at when we look at an influencer. We don't just look at oh, they've got ten thousand followers, so that's great. Or they've got a million followers, that's great. We're looking at the engagement. We're looking at how many of those people are look like their real accounts. How many of those people are actually engaging with the average post? What sort of numbers are the posts getting? And that's that's much easier with a with a ten thousand user account to be able to really understand are we going to get mm. some value out of that and I think that's the most important thing and again you do that with several people the end result will be a, a much better and much more mm. engaging campaign than if you just chuck all your money into one you know spend a couple of thousand pounds on some massive mega influencer and you know hope for the best exactly you can you can do more posts with micro influencer because you can afford to do more and that's, that's, as you said, you know, you, you potentially save up a lot of money with the plan of launching a big campaign with a huge influencer, but potentially that's come out of the blue for the influencer's followers. It's only one post because that's all you can afford. So it, again, it looks a little bit odd and you don't quite get what you want from it. Whereas with a micro-influencer, they're going to want to work for you a lot more because they want, they want that business. It's such a saturated market. They want that business. They want to keep you on board. They want to impress you. They want to give you good, good engagement, good stats. So it's absolutely... I think it's going to be so important for the influencer market, especially, is to look at these microinfluencers and for for any brand, it doesn't matter how big you are, just those little posts. Even for someone like Nike, little posts, just you know, love these trainers from someone who's got fifty thousand followers. That engagement's great for that local area. If it's specifically to a certain city or even just a region like the northwest or something like that, that could be a huge amount of people suddenly seeing that product, very specific to that region. But that's great. Why not? So I think that yeah, I think my preference is for for me, certainly for 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 the smaller brands who can't afford a lot of marketing budget, that's a game changer for them in terms of how they push their products and how they get get great engagement and great sort of website visits or products sold or anything like that. I think it's going to be huge for them. Okay. Okay. So, quick recap: we've got <laughs> personalization check. Yes. Messenger check. Yep. Stories. Stories. I was listening. Very good. You seem yeah. like you think I wasn't going to get it right, but I, I knew what it was. <laughs> Stories. Yes. Micro influencers. Yes. Four predictions. Anything else, Joe? I think there's another one that's absolutely vital for people to think about. And if you're thinking about how you're going to spend your marketing budget this year, you're saving a bit of money on your influencers because you're not wasting yeah. hundreds of thousands of pounds on your massive mega influencer. You're using stories, so your, your content's a bit more rough and ready a bit rawer but it's a bit more real you're not overproducing every image again you saved a bit of money on that that was a bit cheaper as well um, what are you spending all this extra money you've just saved what should what should brands be spending their money on well this is it so as I mentioned earlier one in four Facebook pages especially use advertising budget and you cannot get as we I'm pretty sure we did a podcast on this James is organic content dead if it's not dead in 2018, it's certainly going to be almost there in 2019. It's on life support. It's very much on life support. Someone's got their hand on the plug. It's, you know, <laughs> we're getting ready to say goodbye. It's a beautiful analogy. But, uh, <laughs> but that's it, is, is you've the got families to... families gathered around. The family's there. Everyone's just watching. Everyone's just waiting. Zuckerberg's in the background. And, but it's, it's just, exactly, no, he's just ready because you've, it's, it's that horrible term, but it's, pay to play if you want to get involved in in social media 
and, and get your brand out there and get good engagement, good following, get people onto your website, get products sold, you've got to spend the money. Business is where it all started, it's where it's most advanced, and if you want to drive your engagement and get those customers in, you have to be spending that money. Even if it is a small amount per month, you need to have it allocated to each platform. Facebook is the most advanced, that's where you'll get a lot more bang for your buck, but Instagram is obviously owned by Facebook, they will, I'm sure, be developing their ads platform. You can advertise through Facebook on Instagram anyway. Um, so if you are gonna do anything in 2019, if you are hoping that organic content will still keep you slowly but surely, even if you're a small business, it's time to start trying to get a bit of marketing budget for advertising because if you don't, those numbers are gonna keep dropping and they're gonna keep dropping until you're sort of really struggling to, to write a, a decent looking report at the end of every month. Mm. I think it's, it, what I find really fascinating about this is that you know, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have social media platforms some while ago. They came in and presented this for a completely free way of people to communicate with other people. Um, you had, you know, before that, you, were, you, know, you put out a press release to try and get in the local press, try and get, you know, the word blogs and websites and things like that, try and get on some of those and things like that. And we've, I, my sort of view on this is, We've had it pretty easy for a little while now. Like mm. we have, there's been this platform there that has been free, and we've been able to promote products, and people have built whole businesses on there with just a Facebook page. Restaurants that don't have a website, they just have a Facebook page. Exactly. And it's like now everyone's like, oh, I can't believe they're making everyone pay for advertising, and I don't think anyone's getting my thing. It's like, well, that's kind of the deal. Like you've had a pretty good run of it. Absolutely. Time to pony up a few quid. So I'm a corporate apologist on this one I'm afraid <laughs> it's like this is I think it's it's kind of fair like at the end of the day they've built this Absolutely. platform you, you kind of have to you know and they're not asking for hundreds of pounds mm. or thousands of pounds 50 quid here or there will promote your event will get you uh, you know exactly. a massive amount more reach than you know than if you just plop something up there organically and hope for the best so I, I think yeah I just think that's what brands have got to go this is now part of my marketing budget, I have to factor it in. I want to talk to these people, so I'm, I'm going to have to pay for it, and that's just, like. And that's it, and without you know joining on the corporate apologist side, but as much as Facebook was a bit of a demon in 2018, let's not forget their advertising platform is so advanced and bespoke, mm. you know, you can create audiences similar to the ones that already follow you, so you can target people who you haven't quite reached yet, but would be interested, you can retarget people who visited your website, who've made purchases, who've seen certain pages. You can do so much with it. It is a little bit intimidating if you've never used it before, but there are, you know, you know, get in touch with us. There are so many other, you know, free YouTube videos, for instance, that can show you just the beginnings of how you can, you know, dip your toe into the advertising mm. platform. But there's so Facebook much you can are, do. You know, Facebook are pretty helpful. If you, once you start, you know, if you're a brand and you start, I'm gonna have a little crack at this, I'll chuck 50 quid out and see what happens. Yeah. More often than not, they'll reach out and say, hey, I've seen you run an ad, can we help you with that and help you kind of finesse what you're doing and try and improve exactly. what you're doing and stuff like that. So it's not like a big scare, oh no, I don't want to, you know, I've only got 50 quid to spend, I don't want to have to retain a marketing agency to deal with this. You don't need to. You don't no. need to waste your money on like, you know, some of these, you know, there are people out there that will manage your advertising budget for you and, it, you know, I think if you're a small business, do it yourself. Get into the nitty gritty mm. of it, look at what works. Try different things out. 
you know, experiment with different images and stuff like that, and, and you can get great results based on that. And it might stop you doing another form of advertising that might be a bit outdated. It's, I think sometimes for smaller businesses, they, they are worried about what Facebook can really do for them. And I think it's worth dipping your toe in because there is, as I just said, there's so much you can do. Yeah. You'd be surprised how much a fiver could get you in just yeah. one day. I think the, you know, the, the argument that, that that 500 quid you spend on a quarter page in the local newspaper versus what you could get for 500 quid on Facebook, I know we're kind of mm. <laughs> a bit more uh, lean towards the digital side of things generally, but yeah. I think if you look at what you can get from those two things, to, you know, take a yeah take a week off chuck that, that budget on Facebook and see what happens and I think that in, you're right like in 2019 it's kind of if you don't do that you're not really going to get very far yeah definitely and I think uh, without you know that wishing to sound like a smart aleck but if you are reading newspaper you are a smart aleck, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be digital and the advertising you see on that newspaper will probably be a Facebook ad or will be leading you to a Facebook page so it all ends up in the same place these days to be honest <laughs> so why not Okay, all right. So that's 2019. Any, well, any so. other thoughts for what might happen this year? Anything like completely bonkers? <laughs> any any other social networks that currently are like on the bubble that we should be keeping an eye on? I think whether it will become a trend in 20, 2019, I think you've got to keep just just one eye on the certainly the, the Chinese and the the sort of Asian networks, Weibo, WeChat. They're huge. They've got so many users, and obviously, as an English-speaking, you know, company, how do you get involved with them? You've got to do a bit of research. You've got to look into it. But they have got such a massive user base. They are so well engaged. Anytime you hear anything from any breaking news from China, it is through WeChat, Weibo. Anything that you know isn't manipulated through their press, etc., will be through those platforms. And I think it's it's if. You know, I'm sure big brands are already doing it, but certainly for the medium to small size businesses, if you want to expand that user base and potentially grow a profile in a different area of the world, I think people are going to start looking at those because their engagement, they're, they're regularly in the top top five mm. social networks in the world. Um, oh, yeah, it's, just the, it's just the volume of people, isn't it? It's, it's a sheer it? volume of people, and I think it's going to be something that people should start looking into, whether that's doing little tutorials or anything like that. It's starting to just even just get a little knowledge on it. So potentially towards the back end of this year, maybe in the in the next year, you can maybe have a little a little dabble in it once you understand, because inevitably the content's going to be different. What people want to see will be different, and obviously how you communicate it will be different. But I think just starting to look into that will be will be massive because those networks are huge, and I think they're just an untapped resource at the moment. Okay. So we will right, see. Well, there you go. We'll see. I guess we'll find out at the back end of the year if these predictions yeah. came true or if. Mark Zuckerberg thought, nah, do you know what, I'm fed up with all this, everyone's moaning about stuff, I'm shutting it down, Delete. find something else to do in yeah. the evening, <laughs> when you can't like, flick through that, do you have to go back to talking to each other? I yeah, don't know what people, exactly. what, what people would do. Well, but, we'll see. But we'll who see. knows, we'll find out in the fullness of time, I guess. Exactly. Well, well thank so. you, Joe, thank you for joining That's all right. me today, running through that. Um, thank you uh, for joining us, and for... Uh, watching listening if you'd like to subscribe please feel free to do so you can subscribe on itunes um, and other places too there's links uh, in the description as well you can watch us on youtube.com slash cunning plan marketing if you wish to see our beautiful faces and you've only heard the audio version i can't 
Um, I can't not recommend that enough. Um, I think the audio one is probably the, the safest bet. Um, so yeah, until probably. next time, thanks for joining us. See you later.